The Victory Formation Podcast is brought to you by Pilgrim Roasters. Pilgrim Roasters is a roastery and coffee shop located at 4120 Main Street in Maniunk, Philadelphia. Pilgrim Roasters specializes in unique coffees from all over the world, brought specially to you in-store and online at www.pilgrimroasters.com. Take 10% off your first order with Pilgrim Roasters when typing in promo code GOODSOUP10 at checkout and figure out what all the buzz is about. You know something? No soup for you! Come back one year! We both have so much in common. We both love soup. Soup's not a meal! You're supposed to buy me a meal! I'm not stopping you from eating! Go ahead and eat! Get anything you want! That's a lot of soup! That's a lot of soup. It looks delicious. What's up, everybody? We are now joined by our baseball correspondent, Zach Fisher. He is a musician, baseball expert, correspondent. He's going to be joining us live from Montreal. So just want to start it out with Zach. How are you? How you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, Eric. I'm doing pretty good. Um, just enjoying one of the better days in Montreal here. Uh, the weather's finally getting not frigid, so... I'm really happy about that. But uh, what I'm more excited about is baseball coming back. I'm real excited for it. And I think that you are too. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Freaking stoked, man. I mean, we had been talking about how sad we were that baseball might not be coming back on the podcast, but they ironed everything out. We're playing a full 162 opening days this week. What else could you ask for, man? I really... Don't know, honestly. I mean, I was really, I was really surprised that we were actually going to be able to play a full 162 uh, again with the lockout lasting as long as it did, and you know, uh, Manfred canceling a couple of the, the first couple series. It really did seem like we were going to have opening day in May, like I was saying, or, or even June. But like, I'm, I'm lucky that you know, people sort of came to their senses and came to an agreement and. I think that there's a couple of results from the new collective bargaining agreements that we can get into that really change some of the, dyna- the dynamics in some of these divisions. Um, I think adding the universal DH really opens up a lot of jobs in the National League. Um, the expanded playoffs, too. Um, there are two teams right now that have some of the longest playoff droughts in North American sports history beyond just baseball. And I think at least one of them is going to be broken this, uh, this coming season. Um, and also there's, um, you know, a higher, uh, competitive balance tax. Uh, and there's, I guess, uh, another level, um, as well of, of things that like, I guess if you spend over a certain amount of money, like you get penalized and like draft picks and stuff like that. So we'll see how that, that plays out with some of the, the real big spenders, but I think you wanted to start with the national league East. Yeah. We're just going to tackle the national league. We'll start with the NL East. Who do you like in the NL East? How do you see this division shaking out? I know it's one of the more stacked divisions in baseball this year, especially on the offensive side. So tell me your thoughts on the NL East. Right. Well, like I said, I think that this uh, this division in particular is going to be way more competitive and it's going to be set up to be competitive for the next five or so years. Um, I still think that the Braves are the team to beat, honestly. Obviously, they're the World Series champions from last year. Uh, they did let go of Freddie Freeman, which was a very disappointing thing to see. They did get Matt Olson. I I heard your other podcast. I know that you're not so high on Matt Olson. I honestly think that he's a better choice for first base than Freddie Freeman is. He's younger. 
He has more power. They have sort of the same batted ball profile. Defensively, he's just amazing. I think that he's going to do great. Plus, he's a Georgia boy, you know, hometown kid. They really added to the bullpen, too. I'm really loving the pickups there. Kenley Jansen signed to a one-year deal. Colin McHugh, one of the best right-handed relievers last year. I think that they were doing some great stuff. They did also lose Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler to the Miami Marlins. Kind of bad that you're losing him to a division rival. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the Braves are still going to run away with this division. That's not going to, you know, that's not to say that it's not going to be competitive. I do think that the Phillies and the Mets are still going to give them a run for their money. I Right now, I would say the Phillies are probably over the Mets for me. Um, obviously, with the Mets, they do have one of the best starting rotations. They've got DeGrom, Scherzer, Chris Bassett as their one, two, three. But DeGrom is going to be out for two months. And also, uh, Scherzer has some hamstring issues. He's kind of day-to-day. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think that if the Phillies can capitalize onto that and they can get an early start over, you know, some of these guys like the Mets, the Braves, the Marlins, I think that they could make a really good push for a wild card. Obviously, the lineup is way better now. You've got Kyle from Waltham, Kyle Schwarber. Becomes Kyle from Delco, I guess, now that he's a Philly. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like he raked in the postseason for the Red Sox. Uh, you know, he just had a ridiculous month in in I believe it was June when he had like sixteen home runs. I think he he just went off, um, and he he took that into in, into a good payday this year. Obviously, Nick Castellanos too. Uh, he's gonna have like a three home run game on nine eleven. I think. Yeah, he's he is. Just gonna, he's gonna pop off um, some avant-garde choices for the bullpen um Jerry's familia and brad hand um i is this some sort of performance art piece that dave dombrowski is trying to put together i don't understand what's going on i mean they did lose a couple of bullpen arms in ian kennedy archie bradley um but cory canable is pretty solid i think he's gonna get that closer job you know he's he's pretty solid he's had an all-star season I think he should be good. And then obviously the Mets, you know, they've had just a ridiculous offseason. They're just spending money like there's no tomorrow. Like Max Scherzer trading for Chris Bassett, getting Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Hanna. Like that makes that makes their team way better. Again, they are really injury prone, but I'm, I'm going to put them at third right now uh, in the division. And then we can go on to the teams that I don't like, I guess. Or do you have any thoughts on, on those? Yeah. So I, I like the Braves pick. Um, yeah, I was down on Matt Olson on the podcast, but the way you laid it out, to be honest with you, I can't argue at all. Like his numbers are pretty darn similar, especially with batted balls to Freddie Freeman. One thing with the Braves that I think is the biggest thing is they get Ronald Acuna back. And oh, absolutely. The, the fact that they didn't win a world, they won a world series without their best player, one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, even if Olsen's a little bit worse than Freeman, you still have Acuna coming back into the lineup. They're stacked. They're my pick for the division, too. I, I see them kind of not running away with it, but being in control most of the year. I agree. I'll put the Phillies ahead of the Mets. That's a bias. I am a diehard Phillies fan. But I think with DeGrom out for two months, especially the shoulder injury that he does have and the inflammation issues he had last year, he's great when he's going. He's going to have to ramp back up and get back into it. Scherzer's not any younger. The hamstring thing probably isn't the biggest deal, but soft uh, tissue injuries, especially when you're a pitcher, are never great to see. And I have questions about the Mets roster construction. They spent a ton of money and went out and bought a ton of guys. 
I just don't know how it's going to mesh. I've said it with the Phillies. Biggest thing is their defense. Their defense is not projecting to be very good. Maybe if Stott comes in at third, that helps it. I, I don't know if it's going to be Moniak or it's going to be Verling in center field because they just traded Hazley, so he's gone now. But Right, plus Odubel Herrera is going to be out for a yes. bit, about a month, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. A, a month at least at this point, and we don't really know because I think it's a groin injury, which is never great if you're running around in the outfield. I, I just don't know what the Phillies are going to do bullpen and defense but the offense and the starting pitching staff is pretty solid so I don't know if they mash their way in the regular season and get ahead of teams early in series so if they play a four game series and they hit the shit out of a bullpen in game one that really limits what the other team can throw at them the rest of the series and I think that's really how they need to attack if they can and get wins in the regular season We'll talk about when we do wild card. I think they're more in play for that than the division. Cause again, I really like the Braves. Yeah. I feel like with the Phillies, it's going to be like a war of attrition to try to play against them. It's just like, you're going to start like some guy who's throwing gas and then eventually he just gets shelled a lot, gives up a lot of hard contact. Then you have to go through all your bullpen arms. And then like, by the time that you're at the third game of the series, nobody is really in shape to throw in the extra innings anymore so it's just you just wear the the opposing team down I think that's in a way that's how the Phillies are going to play defense this year I don't think that they're going to do much more than just catch routine fly balls and do you know routine ground ball plays but you know again with Bryson Stott coming up we'll see how that you know goes into the mix I think right now third base I guess like the left side of the infield in general and center field are the two biggest question marks as to who's going to be there you know, like you said, you know, maybe Veerling and Moniak have like some sort of platoon in center field. Uh, where does Stott fit in? Does Alec Bohm bounce back? Does he start the year at Triple A? I don't, I don't really know. So yeah, again, there are a lot of questions with this Phillies team. They look pretty good on paper. I mean, I do think that they will, you know, break the playoff droughts uh, that's been going on since 2011. Um, but again, I can only really say confidently that they would be a wild card team oh yeah with and, the Braves in this division I mean with a pitcher and this is what Dombrowski confuses me with they bring Kyle Gibson back they have him in now they trade for him last year but he's a ground ball pitcher so you're gonna have to have a good defense behind him he, he pitches a lot to contact and I'm interested to see how that works out I mean again DD was hurt last year we'll see if his defense improves it looks pretty good in spring training his range looks solid but that's spring training and 162 games are a different story. But uh, how do you feel right. about the Marlins and the Nats at the bottom of the division? I mean, I think that the Marlins could actually have a really good window of contention in the coming years. I don't think that they really have anything right now. In terms of like pickups over the offseason, they got Avisail Garcia. They signed Jorge Soler, the uh, World Series MVP, like I said. Uh, traded for Jacob Stallings from the Pirates, Joey Wendell from the Rays. Uh, just last night, actually, they, they fleeced the Orioles for like two of their better relievers and Tanner Scott and Cole Sulcer. So considering the other people in this lineup right now, let me just pull them up on, uh, on fan graphs real quick. Um, it really doesn't look like much aside from like, yeah, like Jazz Chisholm's pretty good. The starting pitching there is, is scary good. I, I think that them and the Rays are some of the best organizations for developing starting pitching or just pitching in general. Um, they're, the bullpen looks pretty good. I mean, again, I can't really predict that they would get more than like 75 wins. Uh, 
Uh, and then the national, excuse me, the nationals. Yeah. They're not doing too good either. I mean, no. basically just sign Nelson Cruz, you know, hope that Juan Soto can put up some good numbers for them, you know, make them happy. I feel like Nelson's going to get traded, you know, to a contender come July. Um, really nothing much going on right now. Like Patrick Corbin is scheduled to be the, the number one starter right now. I guess Steven Strasburg's out. Um, I mean, they have some good prospects. They got Kiebert Ruiz from the Dodgers and uh, Josiah Gray, both in that trade uh, last year that sent Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers. So, I mean, they have some good prospects coming up. But again, I really don't see them as a contender. I see them as the last place team in the division. Yeah, I agree. Um, my Annalise fact before we move on, one of two divisions in baseball joining the AL Central from 2021 to have only one team with a positive run differential. The Braves at plus 134. Every other team in the division had a negative run differential, which is kind of wild. Um, I don't think that's the case this year, but we'll see. I think it's going to be a super competitive division where in years past it's been kind of lackluster. Just in terms of odds for the NL East, Braves mm -hmm. are sitting – Nice, and, and these are updated odds. April 3rd, um, plus 120, 200, and then Phillies at plus 350. So, you know, fairly tight. No no real favorite, um, but pretty tight in there. Plus 350, if, if you like the Phillies and you, you think they have a shot, probably worth it. N not the best value, but... Um, the Victory Formation Podcast does not endorse gambling of any kind. <laughs> oh, no, we totally do, dude. <laughs> Oh, okay. Never mind that. We're, Gamble, we're, please. We're absolute degenerates over here. I I will say that that plus three fifty, um, that's not a great value. I don't think the Phillies are gonna win this division. Like, if it was like plus seven seven fifty or above, maybe. But plus three fifty is kind of a tough number to bet. What are our uh, over under on wins, Finn? Just for Phillies, Mets, Braves. Yeah, let me get those for you. Um, Braves are at ninety and a half. Uh, Mets are also at 90 and a half and then Phillies are at 85 and a half. Just hearing those, I like the over on the Phillies. I like the under on the Mets. If I had to pick one of the Braves, I'd take the over because I think they're going to be pretty good, but I don't really know. I mean, 90 and a half is only two more games than they won last year, but uh, right. the, the fact yeah, that- Yeah, I'm going to have to say the same thing, honestly. Like right, right here, just in my notes, I kind of just- you know, just threw some stuff at the wall and see, see what would stick. But I have 91 wins for the Braves right now. I think that's probably a comfortable margin for them. Phillies, I see getting 87 wins. Uh, Mets, I see getting 84. How does that sound to you? I, I mean, that literally sounds like what I would take. I had the Phillies at 88, but 87, 88, that's one game. It doesn't matter. And I had the Mets at 83. So Braves, right. at nine, I had Braves in 91 as well. So yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think the Braves number is conservative just for how much gas they're going to have in the tank uh, mm -hmm. now that they won. But they, they, they could be a 98-99 win team if they get hot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it all depends on on the health of the team. I think for, for a lot of these teams, it does depend on the health. And especially with Ronald Acuna Jr., like he was out for most of the year. But you never know. We could see like what happened last, you know, last trade deadline when – Acuna was out, Azuna was out. They just traded for a bunch of new outfielders and they won a World Series. So you never know. I mean, I think that Alex Anthopoulos is a really good GM and he can make some moves for the Braves to really, you know, push them deep into October. So, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, totally agree. Moving on from the NL East, we're going to hit the NL Central. Uh, mm-hmm. Thoughts on who you like in the division, teams you like in the division, and uh, anything NL Central? Yeah, I mean, well, this is definitely a way less competitive division. I mean, I guess both of the Central divisions in general tend to be a, a little bit less competitive. Uh, it's kind of a, a lukewarm pick, but I'm going to say the Brewers win the division. Um they brought in Andrew McCutcheon on a one-year deal. Um, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, he can be like a platoon DH type guy. Uh, they traded it for Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox. I thought that that was a very interesting deal in a vacuum, but now that it makes more sense, I think it works out for both teams. Um, and they kind of just lost Eduardo Escobar, who's a trade pickup. Uh, Avisail Garcia, Daniel Vogelbach went to the Pirates. Uh, Hunter Strickland went to the Reds, I think, but it's, I mean, like they still have one of the best rotations in bullpen. The pitching is really their strong suit. And I think that's how they're going to win. Um, you know, they just, they have people who can just throw incredible stuff, you know, really like high velocity stuff as well. So I, I think that the, the Brewers probably get the nod for the division, honestly, as a dark horse team for, not necessarily a wild card finish, but for second place, I'm going to say the Cubs. Love I think it. that they had a pretty smart off season. Um, they won the Seiya Suzuki sweepstakes, which honestly I was not suspecting them to do at all. Um, I thought that it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he would either go to the AL East or somewhere on the West Coast. Uh, but he went with the Cubs. Um, they also picked up Marcus Stroman, Wade Miley, Drew Smiley to sort of revamp their rotation. Uh, some good bench bats too, like Clint Frazier, Jonathan DR, Jan Gomes is a good backup catcher. They didn't really lose too many people. Um, again, they're not really coming off of much. I think after they traded away a lot of the pieces from that 2016 championship team, like uh, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, they started to have this younger core emerge. Uh, guys like Patrick Wisdom or Frank Swindell. I think that they can, you know, coalesce a team around that and really build around it for the future again i think that they're just like a year or two out from like actual playoff contention but i i like them for second um and then i guess the last team that i want to talk about in terms of people who i like in the division are the cardinals i mean they really didn't do much the the big additions are like steven Matz and you know the reunion with albert pujols for a year you know, he gets to be on the retirement tour with Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. So that, that'll be fun. You're not going to win a World Series, Cardinals fans. I'm sorry to say, but, you know, it'll it'll be fun to see Albert Pujols play for you again. Um, but, yeah, it's I mean, they're kind of a third place team as I see it right now. Like a lot of their team is either really old or really young. They don't really have much in between. They have a really good outfield, but like the pitching is pretty weak. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, so I also like the Brewers. I, I think that the Woodruff Burns thing they have going on is is untouchable. I, I mean, mm-hmm. any other team, Woodruff's an ace. I, I really, really like him. I love watching him pitch. He's got a nasty 12-6. I mean, it is absolutely disgusting when he throws that. The but... best pitch on that team, though, Devin Williams' airbender. Oh, yeah, dude. And I he, mean, he, he is filthy. I don't know how the fuck he does it. He like, got hurt last year, right? He punched a wall or something. Yeah, he punched a wall and he was out. He, um, yeah, he 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 got on the the like Kyle list, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they were a sleeper team for me in the playoffs last year. I really like this Brewers team. They lost a little on offense, but 
bringing in McCutcheon, if especially if he doesn't have to play the field. I watched him play the last couple years. He's not consistent anymore, but he still has flashes where there's some left in the tank. I totally agree with your Cubs pick as the second team. No, I don't think they're getting a wild card either, but the Suzuki addition, some of the other moves they've made are really smart. They got really unfortunate last year with a bunch of stuff that happened. I, I'm low on the Cardinals because I just don't think their pitching is good enough. And I love Nolan Arenado, but he didn't play well last year. He, he was still like an above replacement player, player above right. replacement level player, but he wasn't the guy that we've seen in Colorado. I'm interested to see what happens with him. I'm interested to see what the Cardinals look like as a roster and how they all hit and play together. I have them as like an 81 and 81 around 500 team. I, I think that's reasonable for them, but they could even fall lower than that. Again, like the Cubs, I don't have a ton to say on the Reds and the Pirates. They're both pretty bad. I mean, the Reds did a fire. Yeah, spell. they're both just tanking right now. And I yeah. mean, as far as the Cardinals go, like I have them placed a little bit higher than, than 81 and 81, but you know, they went to the wild cards last year off of a 17 game win streak. So I don't know how feasible it is to repeat that or like if you're going to be banking off that luck of like oh we've got cardinals devil magic like we'll see if we can make it work like i don't think it's going to work in the long run with the way that the lineup is currently constructed yeah um, and it's still not and a great yeah the, the reds and the pirates are just oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say it's still not a great division like the reds went 83 and 79 last year i mean i don't think the the cubs are going to do that but they might like they're they're a pretty feisty team but you're still going to get to play the Reds this year and the Pirates this year, who are probably 70 to 75, maybe even worse teams. So, oh, no, like, the Pirates are way worse than yeah. that. I have them, like, losing 100 games. Yeah, they might. They might lose 100 Easily. games. Yeah, I mean, they did last year, so, like, I could totally see it. They're, they're going to be two teams that you're just going to be able to get sweeps, get big series wins over and pile up wins because it isn't a great division. But I totally agree. I like the Brewers one. I like the Cubs two. I like the Cardinals three. Cool. Yeah. Finney, what do we got on odds? Yeah, then you'll, you'll like these odds. Uh, Brewers minus 175, clear favorite. Uh, Cardinals plus 230. Cubs plus 1100 to win that division. Yeah, but and they're not going to win the division, I don't think. I don't think there's much of a chance. I mean, crazier not. things have happened, but that would be bonkers. Yeah, and then let's look at uh, Brewers are at 89 and a half wins over under. Um, Cardinals 85 and a half and then Cubs 74 and a half so that Cubs number might be enticing yeah I love that Cubs over yeah I'm gonna take the over on the Cubs too I think I I'll probably take the over on the Brewers as well but I'm definitely gonna take a slight under on the Cardinals I think they're maybe 84 and 78 this season yeah I like that I like 84 for the for the Cardinals anywhere between like 80 to 85 for them could, could hit easily for me. I think um, sweet. We're going to go to the last NL division, the NL West NL West, another pretty stacked division with three really good teams. Um, Zach, where do you see, you know, everything shaking out in the West between Dodgers, Padres, Giants, or maybe a sleeper? Yeah. I mean, this division is just um, it's, it's really stacked. It's, it's just filled with, teams constructed in different ways that just really put them ahead of everybody else. I feel like with the Dodgers, they really have this incredible lineup. That's like, 
it, it did get a little bit weaker after they they traded AJ Pollock to the White Sox for Craig Kimbrell, but I do think that that gives Gavin Lux a little bit more playing time. Yes. Already you have like what four MVPs? You know, you've got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, um, you've got Cody Bellinger who hopefully will bounce back. You know, he hasn't really looked too good during spring training. Um, but then, you know, in the rotation, you've got Walker, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Julio Arias, Tony Gonsolin, Andrew Heaney. The back end is a little bit suspect, I think. Obviously, you still have the question about Trevor Bauer. You know, is he going to be able to play again? Uh, it doesn't seem like the Dodgers are going to be able to take him back or that, they're, that they want to. And frankly, I don't blame them. You know, getting caught up in sexual assaults uh, allegations is not exactly the best look on your team. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they're probably going to win the division. Um, they just have the lineup. They have elite pitching. Although I do think that the giants have a better rotation. Um, I think that they've got some really great guys. They, they brought in Carlos Rodon. I think that was a good sneaky, like little two-year deal. Alex Cobb is a nice pickup too. Uh, you know, they got, you know, the Paisan, Anthony Desclafani, yeah. Alex they got Alex Wood. They got Logan Webb. Uh, Logan Webb, I think, is, you know, he had a really good season last year. I, we're going to talk about this later, but I think that he's going to pop off this year. I think that he's probably going to have an all-star season. Um, he's, he really impresses me. And then the lineup, you know, you got, you got some interesting guys. You know, you got Mike Yastrzemski, you know, grandson of Carl Yastrzemski. I, I like that. I, I don't like that he's playing on the Giants, but I like that. Um, you know, you got... Darren Ruff, former Philly, you know, went to Korea, came back, still mashes, picked up Jock Peterson, uh, Joey Bart, you know, going to be the new catcher after Buster Posey retires. I, I think that they're going to make a wild card. Uh, like they're going to they're going to get get a wild card uh, berth this season. Uh, I don't think that they're going to get 117 like wins that like like they did last season. But, you know. I do the, I, I do think that they're going to get a wild card spot. Um, you know, maybe like a hundred wins, maybe not 107, but I think that they're still going to be good. Um, and then the Padres, I mean, they did get dealt a pretty big blow after uh, Tatis is out with that motorcycle, you know, freak motorcycle injury, you know, where he fucked up his wrists. So that's, that definitely puts them back a little bit. They just traded for uh, Sean Manaya, which I think was a really good pickup. Um, you know, trying to get a good season out of Nick Martinez, another, uh, you know, guy who came over from uh, a different foreign league. He came over from uh, from Japan and uh, we're going to see how he does. Traded for Luke Voigt. Some, you know, some good some good guys here. I think that they have a young core. I think that they did pretty well during the first half of last season. But then, you know, everything just took a nosedive around August, I think. And so, like, I'm hoping that they get a wild card spot. I, I'm predicting that they do. I think that they're going to have a probably a better record than the Phillies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I see them as having anything over 90 wins. What do you think? Yeah. So I like the Dodgers as well to win this division. Um, shocker. Pick the yeah. Dodgers like really went out on a limb there, but like everything you said, they, I, I think the move with Pollock was really good because they needed bullpen stability and it seemed to be an expendable asset with the lineup they already have. They have a murderer's row lineup and it's a complete team. They have a really good pitching staff. 
I, I just think they're the best team in the division. I think they're going to win the division. Simple as that. I, I really like the Giants. I mean, I'm a, a Gabe Kapler fan. I liked him when he was the Phillies manager. I thought he got a raw deal with the team they gave him to put on the field. They got my boy Darren Ruff, who will follow Gabe Kapler to the gates of hell. Wherever Gabe Kapler goes, Darren Ruff will be two steps behind him. I guarantee you that. But they, they have a good hey, roster. Don't don't do my boy Gabe Kapler dirty like that. Come on. I love Gabe Kapler, okay? He's he is got an Adonis of a man. Elite chin line. Like elite jawline, dude. I mean, I mean, he he could be a player manager. Yeah, he could he could just come come out there, be like a pinch hitter, just be like, "Fuck it, let's get right back to it." Umpires just... don't throw him out; he throws umpires out. I, I, I yes. actually know. Listen, I don't really watch baseball, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Just yeah. like that really good looking manager. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the guy. Guy's a legend. I love your Logan Webb take. It, he was so good in the playoffs, man. He was so good. I really like his stuff. I like what they did in the rotation. Replacing Gosman with Rondon is a good move. Like, it's just a good move. He's a really good pitcher and was very solid for a while. So they got some guys. I like the Giants to finish second. I'm low on the Padres just because as a boomer take, I don't know what their locker room situation is. And I know that it's not that important in baseball, but these guys just don't seem to vibe together. And Manny Machado, his attitude and work ethic and the way he goes about the game, if it rubs off on Tatis, and you could say the kind of the same thing about Tatis at this point, he's an immense talent, but he gets in a motorcycle accident. He's kind of taking stuff a little bit, not seriously. He blew up in the dugout last year. If they hit a rough spot and you need the boys to pull you through, I don't know if they have the guys that can rally around and do that. I still think they're in contention for a wild card. They have the talent for sure, but I, I just don't know when shit hits the fan on that team. Like who's stepping up and saying, come behind me, boys. I'm going to lead you through. I, I, they're a question mark for me. I, I just don't know. And then Diamondbacks and Rockies. I mean, the Rockies got Chris Bryant. Awesome for him that he just gets to go somewhere where no one's going to pay attention to him for a while. But, yeah, it's just like good for you, man. Like you got your bag, but like I feel like if anything, I would have liked the Phillies to pick up a guy like Chris Bryant or at least somebody who had like a different offensive profile than you know Kyle Schwarber, or Nick Castellanos. Because yeah. like when when it comes down to it, they are kind of two similar players. They're both bat first corner outfielders with kind of shitty defense. Like it's good to have one of those players on the team, but do you really need two of them? I mean, don't get me wrong, they're both great players, but I feel like having somebody with like, you know, that defensive, you know, flexibility and the athleticism of Chris Bryant, you know, I feel like he would have been a good pickup for the Phillies. I totally you know, agree. He is going to probably mash at Coors Fields. I'm excited for him for that. He's going to get a lot of money. He's probably going to get traded like somewhere in 2023 for like, you know, a couple of bags of balls and some bats and some, some big league chew, maybe, I don't know. Fuck. Like, I have no idea what the Colorado Rockies are doing in terms of like front office. Like they get rid of, uh, of Nolan Arenado and they pay the Cardinals to do it. And then they let Trevor story walk in free agency. They don't trade him before he, his contract years up. And then now they just sign Chris Bryant to basically fill in. Like what, what is this? I think they just have to pay somebody. Like they literally have to pay somebody something. Because they, they are the organization that, like, as soon as Chris Bryant's, like, later years in his contract kick in, they're going to trade him. As soon as they have to pay him, they're going to trade him. No question in my mind. Um, oh, yeah. 
they're, they're a dumpster fire. They're just a dumpster fire organization. It's a shame because they do actually have a pretty loyal fan base out there and people that care about them. And they just don't give a shit. I, I mean, they really don't. They had potential a few years ago. Now they're just doing whatever. I mean, signing Bryant, letting Story walk, getting rid of Arenado. It just all doesn't make sense. And then the Diamondbacks, who won 52 games last year. I, I think they probably win more than 52 games this year, but... Yeah, not, but we're not going to talk about it. Like, no, not much more. Like, who, who's the biggest guy who they signed during the offseason? Like, Mark Melanson, Jordan yeah. Luplo. Like, yeah. do these names make you proud to be a Diamondbacks fan? No Does this proud. lineup... Like, the biggest move that they made was extending uh, Cattell Marte. Like... That, that doesn't really inspire much confidence in the team, I, I think. No, that's a disservice to baseball that we don't get to see Cattell Marte go somewhere where he can play and actually watch him on TV. I, I'll never forget last year, Phillies played the Diamondbacks in September, three-game series. I stayed up every night to watch it because it was during the playoff race and they got swept. And it was just like absolutely brutal because that stadium, I mean, there might be 2,000 people at any given game. It's absolutely mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, what really sucks there, I mean, you're talking about teams with great colorways awesome designs yeah cool logos it's tough you, you can't see that in the playoffs but no man and you know there'd be some jersey potential to sell if there was a last name to sell on any of these teams but neither the diamondbacks or rockies i mean i guess chris bryant but besides him like whose jersey are you gonna buy man yep yep in, in terms of the odds for that division too you got dodgers at obvious you know, minus 225 odds on favorite but i mean then you have the Padres at plus 325 and the Giants at plus 550. My question to you guys, we saw the Giants win it last year, I believe. Like, could they do it again at plus 550? There's a there's a world where that happens. I don't know if it's the world that we're living in right now. Um, I do think that the, the Giants are a really good team still. Um, but at this point, I could st- I could only really predict them as being like a second place team. Um, a really, really good second place team that gets a wild card spot, but still second place behind the, the Dodgers, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, so far of what we've talked about, if you want to take a flyer on something, plus 550 is good odds. Like that, that, that's not the worst bet. I still think the Dodgers win the division. I don't know if it's, you know, an eight game division win, but I, I, I think it's somewhere in the realm of like three to five games they'll win this division by. But if you want to take a flyer on something as a future, at those odds, that's not terrible. Right. right. Yeah, and I then, agree with that. Then looking at the Dodgers' win total, 98.5. It's the highest in the league. Uh, Padres at 88.5. And, and then Giants at 85.5. And Anything you like there? I feel like the most comfortable over is definitely the Dodgers. I see them winning maybe even 10 more games than that, uh, honestly. Um, the Padres were, what, 88, you said? 88.5, yep. I'll take a slight over. And then as far as the Giants go, I'll take the over as well. Uh, I think that the Giants would honestly, I, I'd put them as winning 100 games, honestly. Yeah. I, I see it. I'll but take, so you, you think the Vegas line is like 14 games lower than it should be. That's wild. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing with the Giants. I guess they're thinking because Bryant left and Posey retired that they're going to lose a whole lot. But like, Clearly, they've never watched Gabe Kapler manage because he he does manage a lineup pretty darn well and gets the most out of it. I I like the Giants over. I like the Dodgers over. I like the Padres under. I I just I don't know. I don't know with them, and that's a tough division 
you know, there's two really bad teams, but they're going to be playing some four game sets against the Dodgers and the Giants. And I don't know how they're going to stack up. Got it. Lovely. Cool. Let's transition over to the American League. We will start in the American League East, the home of your Boston Red Sox, Zach. Uh, this yes, baby. is shaping up to be the most stacked division in baseball. I, I think we can say that there are some really four really good teams and the Orioles. So uh, give me your thoughts yep. on the AL East. <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, I think it's it's one of the most competitive divisions in baseball, if not in North American sports. Um, yeah, I mean, last year we saw the fourth place team walk away with 91 wins, um, which is, yeah, I mean... And so I guess I'll start talking about that 91 win team. I honestly see the Blue Jays as winning this division. I know it's a controversial pick for me as a Red Sox fan to go against my boys, but you know what? I kind of see it. I kind of see it. I, I think this offseason, what they've done is they've kind of made these logical moves. Like you lose Marcus Semyon, who's an all star infielder. You go and trade for Matt Chapman, who's an all star infielder. You lose a Cy Young contender in Robbie Ray. You get a Cy Young contender in Kevin Gosman. You lose a fifth starter in Steven Matz. You pick up a fifth starter in Yusei Kikuchi. These seem like, you know, ways to fill in the holes left by the other people in the, in the roster. And I think now with them also playing all their home games in Toronto at the Rogers Center, instead of having to go from their spring training facility to their uh, AAA facility to their actual home ballpark, I think that that's going to really do them a lot of good. Um, I do think that this lineup is pretty righty heavy though. There's not a lot of balance here. I do still think that there's a lot of great pieces here in the lineup though. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Absolute stud. Gotta love him. George Springer, you know, good good guy. Uh, Bo Bichette, you know, yeah, he's, he's doing pretty good stuff. Um, Matt Chapman, like we said, you know, stud. Um, Got a couple of other guys in here. And then, the, the rotation, I think it's probably the best in the American League. You know, we, we talked about Gosman. We talked about Kikuchi. You also got Jose Barrios. They picked up in a trade last year. They extended him to a pretty big-time deal. I think that he's going to be the, the ace of this group. Um, and then Hyunjin Ryu, he's put up some pretty good seasons in the past, had a bit of a down year last year, but I think that he's going to do better. And then Alec Manoa, who's a young guy who's got just some really nasty stuff. I think he's going to round out that rotation pretty well. The bullpen is okay it's it's okay i mean it's not the most inspiring bullpen they've got some good guys but like i I think that if they have a lead going into the let's say the seventh inning i feel like they should be good but if it's like a really tough game uh you know i feel like i wouldn't have much confidence in that bullpen uh as far as my red Sox go i would see them as the number two team here i think that they have just gotten better over the offseason and i'm I know that I'm very biased in this, but you know what? Just hear me out on this. Um, you know, last year they were projecting this team to be a fourth place team, not really expected to do much better than 500. They made it two games away from the World Series last year. They made a pretty deep run in October and they did it with a lot of kind of, you know, no name guys almost. You know, the big offseason additions in 2021 were like Hunter Renfro and TK Hernandez, like, you know, not really guys that you know. Now they've gone out and, you know, they got Trevor Story. For a while, it seemed like it was going to be a traditional, like, Heimblum off uh, off season, picking up a couple of, you know, 
high upside, high risk, high rewards pitchers, you know, to some pretty short term deals. A lot of Red Sox fans were basically calling Heim Bloom a cheap Jew without calling him a cheap Jew. But then he goes out and gets Trevor Story to like a pretty big contract. And I think it does a lot of good. And again, I know that you you kind of were low on Trevor Story coming to the Red Sox. I think it does a lot of good for them. They haven't had a consistent player at second base since Dustin Pedroia got injured back in 2017. Um, it allows Kike Hernandez to go to center field full time, which I think is great. He did really well in center field last year. It allows Christian Arroyo to be more of a bench player. Yeah, they did lose a couple of guys in Eduardo Rodriguez, Kyle Schwarber, Hunter Renfro. But for the most part, I think that they did better. And then when it comes to the Rays, um, you know, they didn't really have the most exciting offseason. They did raise stuff. But the thing with this organization is that, like, the names in, in here, the, it seems like you took them from, like, an unlicensed baseball video game. Like, guys like Shane McClanahan, Luis Patino, G-Man Choi, Wander Franco. Like, these guys sound like off-brand baseball players, but they're sneaky good. They won 100 games last season. I still think that they're, they're going to have, like, some dude come up from AAA and pitch, like, 60 innings of, like, 340 ERA ball. They just are a pitching factory. They know how to use their young, their young players. I really like the Rays in this division as well. Um, and you talked about a fourth team, but I honestly don't like this team. Uh, so I'm going to get your opinions on, on the other teams that I talked about first. So, uh, you know. Yeah. So first thing I do want to say about this division, there are four teams that can win this division. I want to clarify that before I say anything. Um, that being said, I'm taking the Yankees to win this division. I'm taking the Yankees because I think they solved their biggest need, and that was leadership. They didn't have a vocal leader on this team. They didn't have a guy to light a fire under anyone's ass. They looked. I, I watch a lot of Yankees games. My roommate is a diehard Yankees fan. They looked apathetic last year. They looked like they were going through the motions at times. Josh Donaldson will not allow that to happen. Josh Donaldson wakes up every morning and lights his clothes on fire before he leaves his house. That man has juice, and I think he's going to bring juice more of a personality. I mean, he might hit. He might mash. There's a possibility. I think he's on kind of the downswing of his career now, not in a bad way, just like he's going to slowly, you know, digress every single year. But yeah, but he is 36. Yeah, no, he's old. Like he's getting older. And I don't know if his production's going to match, but I don't know if it matters on this team. I, I think he's more of a leader for the clubhouse. They still got Stanton. They still got Judge. They're getting Hicks back this year. I think Labor Torres is going to break out again in a big way and rebound. I like their rotation. I like what they have. And I think they have the biggest advantage, and that's they've built a lineup to play at home. And I don't know if that works for this team in the playoffs not projecting the playoffs. I just think regular season, they're going to wear teams down similarly to how the, I said the Phillies will do that. And they're just a better, a better team. In my opinion, um, I agree with you on the blue Jays and the red Sox. You convinced me with Trevor's story. And I think what you said about um, Kike is, is the key, right? I mean, you're getting positional um, versatility and you're getting him in a position he's more comfortable in. And Trevor Story could do well. I mean, guys hit well in Fenway, and especially the way he profiles. The Red Sox are a tough team to count out. I mean, everyone counted them out last year, and they overperformed, and they overachieved, and they got to the ALCS. And I'm not going to rule them out. I almost think their pitching staff is built better than the Yankees to succeed in the postseason. And I like the Blue Jays, too. Uh, their lineup, 
I think kind of took a, a step back a little bit, but I love Teoscar Hernandez. We didn't really talk about him, but I think he's a great player. I think he's going to mash this year. I like their sure. rotation. Um, yeah. I mean, like the thing about the Yankees though, is like, I do agree with you that Donaldson does give you that sort of intangible ask aspect. You know, he is going to light a fire under the asses of everybody. I know that he does have a problem with Garrett Cole. Uh, so that is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But honestly, other than that, I feel like the Yankees are a fourth place team. My guy, I mean, just thinking about this from the perspective of a Yankees fan during the offseason, which is a really tough intellectual exercise for me. Almost impossible. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the goal for Yankees fans, right, is to win the World Series and to get the prettiest girl at the ball. You're going to get that, you know, biggest name free agent possible. So for them this year, it was Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, or it was Freddie Freeman. And, you know the twins just absolutely just played 40 chess with them. Like they, they got Isaiah Kiner for from the Rangers. Then they flipped him immediately to the Yankees with Donaldson there. The Yankees are now taking on Donaldson's $50 million contract. That's pushing them way over the luxury tax for some dude who is 36 years old. Don't get me wrong. He's still a good hitter. He's still, you know, a, you know, a solid defender, I don't think that he's the MVP quality player that he was back in 2015. He's, he can still mash though. I mean, that's kind of the second problem with the Yankees lineup. It's like very, very, how do I put this? It's very one dimensional. Yeah, it is. Like other, other than Isaiah Kiner Falefa and whoever the fuck is playing catcher for them. It's basically just guys who can mash. There's not a lot of guys who can hit for contact. Well, there's not a lot of guys who can steal too many bases it's a really one-dimensional lineup. And that's what killed them in the postseason. And I, I agree with what you're saying, that they, they are really built for that short porch in Yankee Stadium. But I think, you know, you take that lineup elsewhere, I think it's going to fall apart. I, I think, you know, and now, especially with them, you know, I, you, you see this that came out like a couple of days ago, uh, Brian Cashman, GM for the Yankees, he has said that the reason why the Yankees have not made it to the World Series since 2009 is because the Astros cheated in 2017. What a fucking Goo Goo Gaga ass bitch. Yeah. The Yankees no, are a Goo Goo Gaga ass bitch organization. Like, it, it's the like, saltiest statement I've ever heard. You're like, dude. By that logic, get over then, it. like, Ruben Amaro Jr. could have easily have said, oh, well, we could have won back to back World Series in 2008 and 2009 with the Phillies if A-Rod and Andy Pettit hadn't done steroids. Yes. You know? I say that literally to my roommate probably once a month, where I'm like, yeah, you guys might have beat us in 09, but A-Rod was just roided up out of his mind. I, I agree with what you're saying. I will say, if LeMahieu hits for contact better than he did last year, they'll be a slightly better team, that aspect. They added Marwin Gonzalez, which, like, I love Marwin Gonzalez. I couldn't tell you why, but I think he's super versatile to just throw anywhere in a lineup. I mean, also just a great baseball name, too. Yeah, it you is. Know? It is a great you know, baseball name. It's up name. there with guys like, you know, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Bruce Dargratterall, just like a great baseball name. And I think getting Gary Sanchez out of town helps them. I, I think Rizzo's going to be better than he was last year with them. I, I don't know. It's, it's again, it's a... I honestly think that it helps the Twins more than it does the Yankees because I feel like they the Twins kind of already have a catching plan so I think that they're going to run uh, Sanchez as their DH. I feel like once yeah. he doesn't have the responsibility of catching, I feel like he's going to hit pretty well over there. No, yeah, I, I mean, actually like agree. Now, 
now the Yankees catching depth chart is basically Kyle Higashioka, who's pretty much defense first, although he does have the most home runs during spring training, which honestly doesn't matter that much. And then it's Jose Trevino, who they just got from the Rangers because they couldn't get the Rangers first catcher. So now they're getting the backup. And now, you know, Ben Rortved, who came over in that Gary Sanchez deal, who like doesn't really have that much MLB experience. So it's looking pretty thin at the catcher position for the Yankees. Um, yeah, they're just going to run Hagee because I think their pitchers like him catching for him. And they've right. just given up on finding an offensive threat at catcher, which, yeah, that's not good. But, you know, it, maybe it holds dividends for the rotation. One guy I did want to hit on the rotation, Luis Gill. He was great in limited time last year. I'm interested mm-hmm. to see how he does with a full season. I don't know. I mean, he he could start in the bullpen. He could start in the rotation. He's kind of done both in spring training. He was amazing last year. Um, so yeah, and I mean, like that's in. that's the other thing. Like the rotation depth for the Yankees right now is looking pretty dire. I yeah. mean, it's like Garrett Cole and the guys. It's like yeah. you know, Luis Severino. He hasn't really pitched much since 2018. Jordan Montgomery is pretty solid, but, you know, I don't know how he's going to project for this year. And then it's Jamison Tyon and Nestor Cortez Jr. And, like, beyond Garrett Cole, the, the rotation is is pretty shoddy, I would have to say. Or it's, at, at the very least, at the most generous, from, from my heart to yours, Yankees fans, um, it's kind of mid. It's very, it's a very mid rotation once you get past uh, Kermit, man. And even with Garrett Cole now, you know, with the, with the crackdown on sticky stuff, you know, I don't think that I can uh, throw that hard anymore. I, I, Kyle Schwarber just fucking tees off me at Fenway Park. It's too bad. That'll be the last time that I do a Garrett Cole impression <laughs> on the show. Thank it was bad. Much. It was bad. I. It yeah. was terrible. He. He did bad right when that lifted. He did have a really solid August and September. So, like, September trailed off at the end. But yeah, I- I'm interested. I'm interested by them. I do think Donaldson makes the difference, which is why they're I'm picking them, because I think the margin of error is thin. But mm-hmm. I like Red Sox, Blue Jays, second and third. I don't think much is going to separate either of them. I think they're both in contention. And I guess that means I'm counting out the Rays. I don't want to count out the Rays because I do it every year. And then I'm like, how the fuck is this lineup? You said it great. It's the auto-generated rookie classes from like MLB The Show. That's their whole team. And they end up just like winning games. And I don't understand how. I I feel bad counting them out, but I I would go Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, or Red Sox, Blue Jays, any order you want, and then the Rays. And we don't have to talk about the Orioles. Um, Yeah, the Orioles fucking suck this year. They're a joke. They, yeah, they fucking suck. They are a hey, clown organization. All, all I see is plus fifteen thousand. That's that's what I call value. Yeah, so. to pick. You think the Orioles are gonna win the AL East? Finn, go off. <laughs> nah, dude, I have no idea what's gonna happen. But <laughs> Blue Jays plus one eighty, Yankees plus two thirty, Red Sox plus six hundred in there, uh, Razor at plus two forty. I mean, like you oh. said, I mean, Eric, you said it's a four four team race. It's kind of how Vegas sees it too. I mean, Red Sox are plus six hundred, but I like that as a value bet, though. Like Red yeah. Sox at plus six hundred, that's a pretty good value for a division that I think any of those four teams could really win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that I would be stupid enough to to you know take into consideration. I would definitely bet on that. 
you know yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, what, what do i have to lose really from no this? nothing yeah and then if they yeah, win the season and hasn't you even started money. yet no games have been played i'm prepared to eat my words you know <laughs> come like july or whatever uh, but Dude, we're doing the hardest thing in sports right now, which is before 162 game season, tell me which teams are going to be good in a division yeah, where, exactly. you know, four of the five teams are really good. But uh, Finn, give me the over unders on wins if you can. Yeah. Blue Jays, 92 and a half. Yankees also 92 and a half. Rays are at 89.5. So 89 and a half. And then Red Sox, 85 and a half. Just out of curiosity, what's the over-under for the Orioles? Orioles are the lowest team in the league at 62 and a half. Under. I'm going under for them, too. Yeah, dog. under. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say probably over for the Jays, the Sox, and the Rays. I'm going under for the Yankees. I know that I'm biased, but you know what? Sometimes I mean, 92 and a half. the heart tells you to do is a high number. I, I'm actually the only one I like here is Red Sox over 85 and a half. That's it. Yeah. I definitely like, see them winning more than 85. I mean, they won 92 last season yes. and their lineup is demonstrably better this year. I would say, I mean, I, I would say over for them for not sure. to hold fan graphs as the Holy grail, but they have the Red Sox projected at 87. And I don't know how Vegas has them at a game and a half lower than that, but yeah, I like the Red Sox as the over. I think the Blue Jays mm-hmm. and the Yankees at 91 and a half, like that's appropriate. Like I, yeah. I can't say for sure. I think the winner of this division is probably 91 or 92 games because of how deep it is. Yeah, no, it's going to be really close. I mean, like, like I said, last year, the divisional race for the wild card came down to one game and that was between the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Mariners. And you know, now that we have an expanded postseason, one of those teams, actually, no, two of those teams have a chance to uh, to get back into the postseason. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's uh, move from the best division in baseball to the worst division in baseball, the AL Central. Yes. It is kind of a dumpster fire in the AL Central. And I have a feeling how you're going to lean in this division, but break down the AL Central for me. Give me your winner and some of the teams you like or hate. Yeah, I mean, I guess... White Sox win the division, I'm going to say. I mean, I think that they improved their lineup with A.J. Pollock, um, you know, getting some really nice bullpen guys and Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly. Um, the rotation is pretty good. I know that Lance Lynn's going to be out for a little bit. Garrett Crochet has Tommy John surgery, so he's probably going to be out for the full season. Um, honestly, they've got some good guys. Tim Anderson, uh, Louis Robert, Lou Bob, you know, some good guys there. Um yeah, I mean, like, it's not exactly, like, the sexiest division winner team, but, like, I definitely see them winning the division. Um, yeah, what do you think about the White Sox? Yeah, so, full disclosure, I lived in Chicago as a kid, and while I was there was a uh, moonlighting as a White Sox fan. They won the World Series the second year I lived there, which was pretty cool. I follow the team still. Mm-hmm. I, they won 93 games last year because they played in the AL Central. Like that's, and, and I think it's going to be a similar year where I could see them winning 90 games and then going like, eh, what do I really think about the White Sox? Cause they get to play the twins, the guardians, the Royals and the tigers most times. Um, I, I don't know. I like their team. It's fine. I love Timmy baseball, Tim Anderson. He's, he's awesome. I, I like some of their lineup guys. I, I like what they're doing in the rotation. Lance Lynn's cool. 
crochet Lucas being Giolito out. too. I yeah. feel like Lucas Giolito is one of the more underrated pitchers in the game. One of the only dudes in the league that throws a high changeup on two strike counts. Like the right. dude's got balls of brass. I like oh, so him. you've seen that foolish baseball video. You're damn right I've seen that foolish baseball video. Hell yes. Though. Hell yes. Um, I just, I like them. So I, I'm going to take them to win the division, clearly. I think this is the easiest division winner to pick. I don't know what to make of the Twins. They did get better, but like, I, is Carlos Correa going to save them? Like, probably not. I Great ballpark, but that's mm-hmm. all they got going for him. Then you got the Guardians. Um, still feels wrong to say that. I, I don't know, man. I, they're not good. Neither are the Royals. Neither are the Tigers. Like the Tigers. I want to get your thoughts on this. The Tigers had, in my opinion, the weirdest off season. Like what did you make of the Tigers? Cause they were involved in pretty much every big free agent name and, uh, kind of came away just looking like the Tigers in the end. But what did you think about the Tigers moves and where they're at? I mean, I think that getting Erod was a pretty good move. Like, obviously, he was with the Red Sox last season, and he pitched pretty well. I mean, his ERA is kind of high, but the defense that he was dealing with at the time was kind of shit. Um, but his FIP was pretty low. His expected ERA was lower than his actual ERA. So moving him to a pitcher-friendly park like Comerica, I feel like really helps him. I mean, other than that, like signing Javier Baez, I think is a good move. Tucker Barnhart, you know, trading for him. Now you get a defensive catcher. That's really good. Um, they didn't really lose too many guys, just kind of depth guys. Um, they picked up like Andrew Chafin for the bullpen. Yeah. It seemed like from the beginning phases of the, of the off season, you know, before the lockout, you know, if you were to tell me on December 1st, like who won the off season, like, which is a weird thing to say. Because, like, the, nobody really who wins the offseason will win the World Series. Um, like, if you were to tell me, like, who won the offseason, I'd probably be like, oh, like, maybe the Tigers. Like, they made some pretty good moves. I mean, coming out of the lockout, they didn't really do much to, to help them out. I still think that they're going to be doing pretty good. Spencer Torkelson's going to get uh, called up uh, to the majors, which I think is really exciting. They've got some young core uh, to build around. And, again, with a lot of the other teams, like, I, I would put them alongside the Twins in the same category of teams that have made some really interesting moves, but I can't really predict them being division winners or even wild card winners for that, for that matter. Um, yeah. Like the twins, like I said, they just played 40 chess with the Yankees. And I think that's incredible. Like basically like getting them to take on Josh Donaldson's contract to then sign Carlos Correa, who's the guy that all the Yankees fans wanted in the first place. Like that is, that's like 5,000 IQ. I love it. Like, I don't, I don't know how they did it, but like, yeah. And as far as the guardians go, like they're not really going to like inaugurate their new name, like in a very good way. Like, I don't know. You got Luke Maley now. Yeah. He's going to be on the disabled list. Like enjoy the next four months of having Jose Ramirez before he inevitably gets like traded to the blue Jays or some shit. Yes. They, Um, They have a very like, Oh, they're a team. They got some names. Like they got some guys that have been around, but nothing jumps off the page. I mean, if we're yeah, saying they got like Shane Justin Bieber, I feel like yeah. he's gonna put up some good numbers. I mean, so we're saying White Sox win the division. Who's your number two team? And does anyone in this division compete for a wild card? I'm gonna say twins get second place and nobody is getting a wild card in this division, especially not when the AL East is as competitive as it is right now. 
And the AL West has even gotten more competitive over the offseason. So I'm going to rule out a wild card pick for the AL Central entirely. I, uh, what's I, your thoughts? I totally agree. I totally agree. I think t- Twins get second. None of these teams, especially with some of the other teams in the West, we'll get into. I don't think any of these teams are going to compete for a wild card spot. I- I'll max the Twins out at like 82 wins. I think that's fair. It could go as low as like 78. And then I think all three teams in this division besides them are, are 70s for wins. I, I just think it's going to be a, a pretty abysmal division. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Twins could like get like 85, 86. I feel like it, you know, it's uh, with the moves that they've made, I feel like they definitely have a better team now. I feel like, again, with the Twins, they're going to be competing in like a year or two, just not right now. Same thing with the Tigers. I, I kind of have them just as a 500 ball club, the Tigers. Yeah. Um, really not coming from a good season last year. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see if AJ Hinch can finally, you know, manage a baseball team without using trash cans for once. That's fair. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. I kind of forgot that he somehow got a job again. But yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Finney, give me the, uh, the odds. You can just skip the odds to win the division i think i think the white Sox are probably a ridiculous they're, yeah they're running away with that yeah um, white Sox minus 200 twins at plus 500 next closest that's weird i don't even the twins have better odds to win the central than the red Sox do to win the east that's that that's bonkers to me that's bullshit las vegas yeah but i don't think vegas watches baseball uh finn give me the win total over unders if you don't mind yeah, who we so we got um yeah, White Sox are at 91 and a half. And then um I'm looking at it right now. Then the twins are at 80 and a half, Tigers at 78 and a half. God damn it, those are tough. I, I guess if I have to take one like twins over 80 and a half, I'm not touching that White Sox because that's right around what I think they're going to win. So yeah, I, I guess twins over 80 and a half is the only one that I would even look at. Yeah. I'm comfortable with putting the twins over 80 and a half wins as well. I, like I said, 85, 86, maybe I'm going to go take the under on the white Sox. Actually. I think maybe 90, 72 is their record. Yeah. I like that. And then I'll take the over for the tigers. Like I said, probably a 500 team. Um, yeah. But again, like the Tigers aren't really doing much to, to be contenders this year. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Let's move to the last AL division, the last division we haven't covered in baseball. That is the AL West. We got tons of storylines here. The cheaters are back. Um, they're ready to go after losing in the World Series to the Braves. The Angels, can they finally get Mike Trout to the playoffs? Please, God, can they finally get Mike Trout to the playoffs? Then you got the Mariners, who were feisty last year. They won 90 games, and they haven't been to the playoffs in over 20 years, the longest drought in major sports. And then the Rangers, who are just throwing money around like crazy people uh, for no apparent reason. And the A's, who won 86 games last year, but tore it down. So, I don't know. Where are you going with the AL West? What do you see in this division? Can anyone beat the Astros? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really exciting division to watch. Like you said, there's so many different storylines that could like take root this uh, this season. Honestly, I do think that the Mariners are going to win the division. I know it's a very bold pick. I uh, fucking love it. I fucking love it, dude. You know what? 
I, I'm going to go with the Mariners. Because you know what my logic behind this is? You remember that, like, weird, bizarro world of, like, mid-2010s baseball where it was like, like, holy fuck, the Pirates are in the postseason? Yes. Like, the Royals? The, like, you know, all these teams that really hadn't, con- like, contended since the 70s or 80s. The so we've entered that, but with the 90s. So that's yeah. why I think that the Mariners are going to win the West. Okay. I like it. I I like the Mariners. I want to take them in this division. Um, plus 450. Plus 450 is actually like Vegas that's likes a, them too then. That's – I'd bet on that. I'd, I'd bet on the Mariners, man. I mean, I think that they had a really, really solid offseason. Again, with the expanded playoffs, I think that just like incentivized them to push further. You know, they capitalized on the Reds, who were also one of those teams who could have been able to go to the expanded playoffs had they happened last year. Um, getting Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez from them absolutely fleeced them. You done got fleeced by Jerry DePoto, Reds. Yes. I'm sorry if you live in Cincinnati. Get used to eating a lot of chili, I guess, uh, because y- you will not feel much warmth. Uh, Robbie Ray is on the team now. Cy Young winner from last year great pitcher i think he's gonna do great in the al west you know definitely getting him out of that hitter friendly division in a lot more hitter friendly parks uh you know he's he's definitely gonna do way better adam frazier picked him up in a trade with 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 the Padres, i think back in november it's you know i'm having a hard time remembering like who signed when like for a lot of these people who signed back in november it's like oh wait shit he he's he was traded all right they picked up Sergio Romo too. Um, yeah, I, think I was that, about you know, to say that. That's a good pickup. Postseason hero, you know, from that from that even year magic with the Giants, you know, close out the 2012 World Series. Um, I like this pickup too. I mean, I think that a lot of the guys in the in the Mariners bullpen are like, you know, they're they're throwing gas. Romo, he's a veteran now. You know, he's topping out like 88 on his fastball. You know, so to go from a guy who's throwing 100 to another guy who's throwing 80 as his max velocity that's going to be that's going to be hell for opposing batters yeah i i think every year there's that one pitcher that comes out of fucking nowhere where we're like how is this guy having a good season and it's not always like you know a cy young season but it's a guy coming out of nowhere that does well i logan gilbert maybe yeah i like him dude his fip is like competitive with the top guys in their rotation 4.16 it's not blowing you away but it's not horrible. So like, maybe like, I don't know. I hit 1.7 war. He wasn't a bad player last year. Um, and they got some guys like, I like Ty France. Ty think, France is a great player. Ty hey, France is a great Julio player. Rodriguez is going to be on the major league roster. That's exciting. He's like one of the craziest young prospects in the system right now. Honestly, the Mariners have a really, really stacked farm system as well. Um, something that you know I'm sure many Phillies fans are envious of but like they're gonna be set up to win for a while I think they finally Um, build it right and they didn't pay Robinson Cano whatever they paid Robinson Cano which was still the most confusing move that I think happened in the history of baseball right but um, But the guys who they got they got Jared Kalanick in that trade who else did they pick up they they got uh who was it uh I'm trying to find who the other guy was was there another guy in that trade? I don't think so. I think that was it, right? Just I mean, Jared Kelnick. Yeah, that was the Oh, main I think piece. Edwin Diaz went to the Mets in that trade too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. 
but yeah, I mean, they got some good guys that like, you know, like, like I said, you know, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez, um, Ty France is great. You know, I really hope that, um, that Kyle Lewis can bounce back after his injury, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, they got a good rotation too. Marco Gonzalez. I think they, they got the pieces for, for a playoff push for sure. I mean, yeah. I do think that the Astros are also going to make this division really competitive. I mean, I despise the Astros, um, and they did lose a lot of good players. They lost Zach Granke. They lost Carlos Correa. They lost Yimmy Garcia, Brooks Raley, Kendall Graveman. So, like, you know, who's going to be stepping up in that bullpen? They picked up Hector Neris. Yeah, they did. And I guarantee you, Zach, I guarantee you he's great next year. I Oh yeah, no, they're I, just gonna like, you know, put some bullfrog sunscreen on his on his pitching hand and just like watch him have like, you know, a two ERA. Philadelphia ruined that man. I've never seen a relief pitcher get so much hate. I, I've just never like every night you go on Twitter or any social media platform when Hector Neris was coming in, and it's just everyone like, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. He got booed every time I saw him come into a game the last two years. As it's like the reverse card. Brad Lidge. Like they yeah. made a closer worse. No, they did. And like he had moments where like he was good. Like he the whole month of June and July last year, he was outstanding. And then it all Hector Narist and fell apart. But the Astros are interesting to me. And I, I want to pose this question to you. All right. Carlos Correa and uh, Jose Altuve went hand in hand. And I feel like without Correa, who was his defender a lot of the time, Altuve would have taken more heat both inside the clubhouse and outside the clubhouse. With Correa gone now and the lens on Altuve, do you think that affects this team chemistry or Altuve himself at all? I mean, probably. I, I think the thing that we have to recognize is that, like, with the Astros making that playoff push with a different manager, with a different core, I mean, like, still had a lot of pieces from the 2017 team but you don't have Verlander on that team. You don't have George Springer anymore. You know, they were still able to make a push to the playoffs. And, you know, I saw it, you know, at the ALCS, you know, when, when Altuve stepped up to bat at Fenway at every time, you know, the entire crowd was just chanting, fuck Altuve, you know? And then when he hit that home run off of, I forget what, was it like Adam Ottavino or, or Garrett yeah, it was, Whitlock, it was one of those guys. Yeah the entire crowd went silent. And I think like in a weird way that does sort of represent like, oh, they're, they're able to like win without trash cans. They have Dusty Baker now, they can do that. But because they have Dusty Baker, they can't win the World Series, Agreed. which is now their problem. Yeah. So in terms of clubhouse dynamic, I mean, we'll see what happens with, with Jeremy Pena in the mix now. I, I know that he's sort of, have to be the heir to Correa. I don't know what it does for them. I mean, again, they lost a lot of guys, really didn't do much to replace them. Like, you know, replacing Carlos Correa with Jeremy Pena and like Nico Goodrum. Like, is that a really good pairing? Replacing like three really solid bullpen arms with just Hector Neris. Like, you know, is that, is that really worth it? Like, I, I don't really think that the Astros did much to, to make themselves better. I mean, and like you said, I'm really hoping for Mike Trout to finally get to the playoffs. Give yeah. may, give Shohei Otani a playoff start where he mashes. Please. Yes. I want this to happen in 2022. So I don't think it will happen, but I really want it to. Yeah. Like the Angels have 
two or three of the most like transcendently talented baseball players right now. And yet they are still always somehow this like third place team in the AL West. Like they improved. They, they got some good pitching. They got some good bullpen arms. Um, and that's always been their problem. But it's just right now, like, can we get a healthy season from Mike Trout? Can we get a good full season from Shohei Otani when he's like still doing the same stuff that he was doing last year? Um, can we get a, like a full healthy season from Anthony Rendon too? Like, those are three guys who like a lot depends on for this team. Yeah. Um, a couple things uh, about the angels, Max Stassi really mm-hmm. like him as a player had a down year last year, but I, I really do think like he's going to bounce back and be better. They have a solid team. The question's just going to be like, it's where pitchers go to die. So is Noah Syndergaard going to be good or is he going to be hurt? I don't know. I don't, if, if Noah Syndergaard pitches like he used to pitch, then they have arguably one of the best one, two punches in baseball. Cause Shohei's that he's, his stuff is that nasty. Right. I mean, but what it, I think, what I think is interesting about the angels is that, you know, because they are this place where pitching goes to die. Like they've only pretty much signed pitchers to one year deals for the past 10 odd years. Like, do you know who the last pitcher, the angels signed to a multi-year deal was? I do not. Joe Blanton. <laughs> Joe Blanton was the last pitcher that the Angels signed to a multi-year deal. Stairway to Joe, baby. Looks like he was climbing the stairs every time he threw a pitch. Yeah, with that weird delivery, just the, uh, you know, generic, you know, white trash dude look. You know, gotta, gotta love Broadway Joe Blanton. World Series um, hero for the Phillies. Mash. Indeed he was. Indeed he was. Forever in our hearts. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really interesting division. I don't want to take the Astros, so I'm not. I'm torn between the Mariners and the Angels. Uh, I'm going to take the Angels to win this division this year. And I think it's the same reason you took the Mariners. I just want to see it happen. Right. I, I just, I, if Trout's healthy and Otani's healthy, I don't know. I guess two players can't win you in baseball, but I like what they did with the rotation. I like what they did with the bullpen. Kind of the same thing with the Mariners. I think it's a toss up. I love Kyle Tucker on the Astros to be like an MVP candidate and perform well, but I I think they lost too much, especially in their pitching staff. So I like them. Last question on the AL West. What are the Rangers doing? Um, Well, I think that they've learned from their mistakes uh, from previous years, you know, we learned from signing Alex Rodriguez back in 2001 that signing an elite shortstop to a huge contract, uh, you know, and when you put him on a losing team that, you know, has lost over 100 games, like that's not going to work. So you get two elite shortstops to long-term deals and add them to an 100-loss team. Big brain. Big brain energy. I mean, honestly, it does sort of combine the, the A-Rod deal with also like with Marcus Semyon. It reminds me of what the Rangers did back in 2011. Um, like they picked up Adrian Beltre after he had like a one-year deal with the Red Sox where he, he had that one season and he just popped off. You know, prior to that, he was with the Mariners and he wasn't really doing much. Um, but he capitalized on that and got a bad. Same thing with Marcus Semyon. Wasn't doing so too well in Oakland in 2020. Signs a one-year deal with the Blue Jays. You know, hits 47 home runs or something like that. You know, gets a huge payday. Again, I, I don't think that they're going to be doing too well this season. Like, that's not to say that two elite shortstops is all that they got. I mean, they got big at Brad Miller. They got Cole Calhoun, Mitch Garver, but pitching like, 
what the fuck is going on here, Texas? I'm sorry, like, you know, John Gray, I really hope that he does well outside of Coors Field. Like, I think that he's, you know, he's like a number two starter in, like, a rotation. But this is a team that, like, it, it was rumored that, like, Clayton Kershaw was going to go to the Rangers at a certain point. Like, you know, I, I remember when people were saying, like, oh, yeah, like, he's either going to the Dodgers or the Rangers or he's just flat out retiring. And now that they, like, that Clayton Kershaw is going back to the Dodgers, Martin Perez is their number two pitcher. Yeah. Like, I saw Martin Perez pitch out of the bullpen for the Red Sox in the ALCS last year. It was not a pretty sight. I, this does not inspire much confidence that you're putting Martin Perez, who was at best last year, like a number four starter and at worst, like a kind of mid bullpen arm to a team. And you're making him the number two starter, a team that lost a hundred games last year. This is, this is not a recipe for success. Um, There's a legit argument that they have the worst rotation in baseball. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, yeah, I would say so. Because at least the Orioles have John Means. Yes. Like, John Means is a good pitcher. I like John Means a lot. I John Gray being your number one starter, I'm... And then after that, it's Martin Perez. Who else? Like, Dane, Dale Dunning? Yes. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, who, who, who the fuck are these people? And why did they like, sign two shortstops when they have no pitchers? But it's, it's a head-scratcher. I, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's, it's like... I, I don't know. This is just, again, this looks like performance art to me. It's like, you're going to get like a lot of ground balls to that infield, but boy, is that going to be a fun infield to watch? Yeah. And uh, they play in a Costco, which is really interesting to watch on TV, but Finney, give me yep. the odds on the division winners. Cause I think this is an interesting one. Yeah. So I mentioned the Mariners were plus four fifty, but Astros favorite at minus 165, Angels at plus 400, um, Mariners plus 450, Rangers plus 1,600, and then the A's at plus 2,500. But um, personally, I know I haven't given an opinion on like any of these teams, but I'm pulling for the Angels because of Shohei. Um, yeah. I'd love to see them win. I might just have to put a little bit down for, for plus 400 to get them in the playoffs or for the wins. We deserve it. it. We deserve Shohei Otani. And I think we'll project it in a minute when we do wild card, but like odds are no team outside the AL East gets a wild card spot. So like, it's going to be tough if they don't win this division to make the playoffs. I would love to see Shohei in a winner take all game. I think we all deserve that. Yeah. Like a game one sixty treat type thing. Like, you know, like a tiebreaker that would, that would be insane. Yes. Like Shohei on the mound for that. Like Angels Mariners. That would be Ooh. uh that'd be my wet dream. One team's Ooh, got a 20 year drought. Bobby Ray. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sick. That's not safe for work. That's... No, it is not. Oof. Um, I like that. Yeah. That's I want to see that. You and know to... what? Yeah, I really I really want to see that. And to Game be honest with you, like yeah. I part of me hopes that the Angels win this, and part of me hopes that you're right and the Mariners win the division because th- we deserve the Mariners. Seattle. You deserve this. They took basketball away from you and they gave you the worst hockey team in the NHL. So like Seattle. Hey, no, the Canadians still exist. Yeah, that is true. Go. Um, (laughs) So let's transition to our wildcard teams. 
just a reminder, we get to pick three this year because baseball's extra nice to us and added an extra wildcard team to make this make mm-hmm. sense, I guess. So, yeah. Um, yeah, who are your three from the NL and who are your three from the AL? All right. Well, for the NL, I'm going to go Giants, uh, Padres, and Phillies in order of seeding. Um, and then for the AL, I'm going to go give me Astros, Red Sox, and Rays. Cool. Cool. I, what about you? Yeah, for the NL, I am going to go Giants, Padres, or Giants, Phillies, Padres in that order. So mm-hmm. same thing, different order. Um, flirted with the Mets, but my life motto is Mets are going to Mets. So they'll probably miss the playoffs entirely because that's just what they do. They manage to do it every year. Um, and then the AL, I've been thinking about this really hard. This is a really tough one for me. Mm. I, this is going to sound stupid, but I'm just going to go Blue Jays, Red Sox, Rays. Honestly, I, that is, it's a safe choice, but it, it is a realistic one. Like yeah. I do see, you know, three of the teams in the AL uh, East winning the wild card. Um, and I, I think yeah. there's an outside like, chance for the Astros. Like if I was being smart about it, I'd probably go Blue Jays, Red Sox, Astros. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Astros and the Rays are kind of trying to do the same thing to a certain extent. And I just trust what the Rays have built as an organization a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the Astros definitely have more like established names, but I feel like organizationally, like just in terms of like, you know, uh, player development and, you know, just like how well-rounded the team, I definitely would take the Rays over the Astros. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Cool. All right. So with the regular season wrapped up, give me an AL hitter and an NL hitter to look out for, as well as an AL pitcher and an NL pitcher to look out for. All right. Absolutely. Um, Well, for hitters, for the AL, I'm going to do a really biased pick here, but I think Enrique Kike Hernandez from the Red Sox, center fielder. Um, I think that he's a great player. Uh, Last year, he put up 4.9 baseball reference war, which is his highest, uh, season total in a while uh he brought up his uh barrel rate his average excess velocity his launch angle it went up a little bit as well uh he's more disciplined at the plate and plus like i said he's going to be moving to center field full time uh last year he had eight defensive runs saved in center field so honestly with him moving to center field full time and coming off of that postseason where he was one of the hottest hitters in baseball I think that, you know, coming off of that and the confidence that it has instilled in him, I feel like he's really going to have a great season. What do you think? I love this pick. Last year, his splits as a center fielder were fantastic, exactly what you were saying. He had 11 of his uh, 20 home runs out of center field. He scored more runs. He had more RBI. He walked more. Um, He he did have more games there, which is something to, to skew it, but it was somewhat even. 110 WRC plus last season, his first season since 2018, surpassing a hundred plus WRC plus. And uh, I just, I thought he was great last year. 3.9 F war. You said 4. 4.9 for, for baseball. 4.9 B war. They, they calculate, they calculate war differently on both of those sites. I think. Yeah, so. they do. They do. That's, that's yeah. basically all I was saying. Um, They're both really solid numbers essentially. And right. I, I think that he's going to be really good. 
yeah, it's it's above league average for sure. But I mean, like, you know, beyond that for, for his hitting, you know, on baseball savant, he's on the 86th percentile for outs above average. He's on the 100th percentile for outfielder jump. Uh, 77th for uh, average exit velocity, 80th for max exit velocity. Um, you know, I think that he's he's going to put up some good numbers. I think he's hitting the ball harder. He's got more confidence. He's going to be, you know, just entrenched in that center field position. I think he's going to do great this year, honestly. I totally. Um, agree. And then in terms of the National League hitter, um, I think it's going to be, I, I'm going to be doing the rookie who I expect to break out. I'm going to say Say Suzuki, the uh, right fielder for the Chicago Cubs. Um, like I said, I didn't really expect the Cubs to pick him up. Um, but I really like the pickup. Um, obviously, he's coming over from uh, the Nippon Professional Baseball League in Japan. He played the past, uh, what is that, six or seven seasons with the Hiroshima Carp. The past four seasons, or yeah, past four seasons that he's played, average above 300, OBP above 400, slugging percentage above uh, 500. He hit 630, he slugged 636 in 2021, 38 home runs. Yeah. The, the thing that really impresses me, though, is his plate discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, with a lot of hitters coming over from uh, Nippon Professional Baseball or the KBO, there is a, a difference in the level of the players. I think they usually say that MPB baseball is usually played at a level in between AAA and Major League Baseball. You know, pitchers are throwing harder. There's just bigger people in general. Um, so as a result, a lot of the hitters that have come over from Japan specifically, and I'm excluding Shohei Otani from this because he's obviously like a once in a generation, superhuman, transcendently amazing player. You look at guys who came over recently, like, you know, Yoshitomo Tsutsugu or uh, Shogo Akiyama, you know, their numbers took a real hit. Um, but the thing is their plate discipline is way worse than, uh, than say Suzuki's for the past three seasons. He's pretty much walked as much as he struck out. You know, pretty much even numbers. Um, so I think he will probably take a dip from his numbers in Japan by how much I can't really say for certain. But even if it is, you know, he hits like what, 265, has a like a 370 on base, 490 slugging. That's still like a really good player. You know, for I think first he's year? definitely, Hell yeah. In, yeah, I think he's definitely, you know, in the running for a rookie of the year vote. Like, you know, I, I would definitely put some chips into say Suzuki. I put some respect on Seiya Suzuki's name. Yeah. I think we're on the same mind here. Cause one of my notes is Seiya Suzuki from 19 to 2021 in that league had a 19.8 out of zone swing percentage last season. If he played in the MLB and those were his stats, it would only put him behind Tommy Pham, Max Muncy, Juan Soto and Robbie Grossman. Meaning Matt, his plate discipline is amazing. And I think that is the hardest thing to translate over from overseas to the MLB. And when you get here, if you already have good plate discipline and can figure out which pitches you need to hit, you need to swing at, you want to hit, you want to swing at, you will succeed on some level. He's just 27 years old. He's considerably younger than most guys that come over. He had 45 outfield assists in his last five year stretch uh, in Japan. So that's pretty good. And it can show he can field a little bit. He's not just a one dimensional player. The last thing I had 57.1 fly ball rate last season, that would have ranked him number one in the major leagues ahead of Austin Meadows at 53%. So yes, it's not a direct one-to-one. If he did this there, he'll do this here, but just kind of speculating out how good his numbers were there compared to how good the top of the MLB was in certain categories. I I think he's going to come in and make an immediate impact. 
Yeah, I mean, like he's being hyped as like you know the greatest Japanese power hitter to come over from the from Japan since <laughs> the greatest hitter from Japan to come over from Japan. What the fuck? Sorry, the greatest power hitter to come over from Japan since Hideki Matsui, which I think is a pretty high expectation. But I do think that he has the the tools and the skills to adjust to the MLB. I mean, even just in spring training, like he went on a really cold streak to start the the spring training like exhibition games. Um, but he sort of adjusted his leg kick, realized that it wasn't really working with American pitching. And sure enough, he's hitting dingers now off of, uh, off of American pitching. I really hope that, you know, for this year, I think that he, he probably has like a 25 home run season, you know? Yeah. Easily. I totally agree. Who's your, uh, AL pitcher then? AL pitcher. All right. Well, I guess keeping with the rookie vibes, I'm going to select Joe Ryan from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he came over to the Twins last season uh, during the trade that sent Nelson Cruz to the Rays. Again, like I was saying, the Rays just really know how to develop pitchers well. And from seeing him at some spring training games against the Red Sox, because they both play in, in uh, Fort Myers, he's got some nasty stuff. He, he's got some really, really just dangerous. Uh, he's got a dangerous slider. He's got some great action on his curveball. Um, the thing with Joe Ryan, though, is most of his pitches, if not all of them, um, are usually below league average in terms of velocity. But the thing with him is that once it comes out of his hand, it's looking like 97, 98, and it could only be like 91. And when you match that with his brain kick balls and his, his changeup, like, I feel like that's a recipe for a really great pitcher. Um, he is being tapped as the opening day starter for the Twins, which I think is a bold move, uh, especially he's only played five games, only 26 and two thirds innings pitched. You know, it's a very small sample size, but from last year, but he had what, like a 405 ERA. Um, where's his yeah. FIP? Where the, where the hell is his FIP? Um, 3.43. Oh, pretty good, you know? Yeah. So. Again, it's a really small sample size to judge him from, but already I think that he has the, you know, the pitch mix and the, you know, the way of attacking the strike zone that really makes him a great pitcher. Now with the Twins rotation right now, like they did upgrade. They got Sonny Gray. They got, um, who else? They got Dylan Bundy. They got Chris Archer. That's a, that's a fun pickup. That's like, yeah. you know, a real 2013 pickup, but um yeah, like, and and now I think like the four and five spots are sort of going to be filled in by a lot of these rookies. Like you got Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks. I I would put my money on on Joe Ryan to be that guy. Going from one guy with a very solid FIP to a guy with a downright spectacular FIP, uh, who oh, is yeah. your NL pitcher? See how I well, you that. already that know that's good. that's going to be Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants. Love this pick. Um, we already talked about it, but I love this pick. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, he just thrives off of weak contacts. I mean, like, he's mostly a sinker baller. According to Baseball Savant, 37.7% of his pitches are sinkers, uh, followed by sliders, which are 27.7. He's throwing them mostly, like, you know, outside of the zone, like, you know, to, to right-handed hitters. Uh, change up 23.6% uh, of the time. He throws his four-seamer less than 10% of the time, which is really interesting for a modern pitcher. And he's got a cutter that he also throws to pretty much exclusively lefties, which is a really good mix. But, like, yeah, you know, 303 ERA last year, 11-3, and three, did 
great in the postseason. Uh, 1.11 walks and hits per innings pitch. Let's take a look at some of these uh, these advanced numbers real quick. Hold on a second. Let's go to fan graphs. Um, let's see. I mean, 26.5K percentage last season, 6.0 walk percentage. Uh, that's really great. Um, BABIP 309 went down from 345 last season. Um, so it, the BABIP is a little bit high. 272 FIP, really, yeah. really good. I mean, that's what I'm looking at that's jumping off the page. 272 FIP. That tells the story of a guy who's about to make a jump. And his first two seasons, he's at 4.12, 4.17. I mean, he made a huge leap last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, going from just, I guess let's go back to 2019 because that's like the last full season. Um, did he play a full season? No, he didn't even no. play a full no, season. No, he only so threw 39.2. Really yeah, so this really was his, his first full season. But if, yeah, if we look at, at FIP, um, the first two, I guess, partial seasons of his career, he had a FIP just 2% better than the league average. Um, last year, 33% better. So if he just continues to improve, which by all means, I think he will. I, I think that you're going to be looking at a dark horse for a Cy Young uh, winner in the, in the, Ameri in the, sorry, national league. I totally um, agree, man. I, I definitely think that he's, he's got it in him. Moving on from our players. What's your world series matchup and who's your winner? Hmm. Is this going to be a, a bit of a, a weird pick, but I, I see the Mariners going to the World Series. All right. I see the Mariners taking on the Braves in the World Series, a very 1995-themed World Series. Uh, I'm here for that. I, I want to see that. I feel like it would be a really fun matchup, honestly. Um, I see the Braves winning it, but I wouldn't count out the Mariners this, this offseason or this, this coming season, rather. I love and it. you. So I, this is tough. I know my NL picks the Dodgers. I, I think it's going to be Dodgers Braves. And I had to think about it. And I think the Dodgers will get revenge. Um, but it's tough because the, the getting Acuna back and not even having him for that run last year is like absurd to me. It's, it's insane. But I think the Dodgers will get there out of the a NL and in the AL. I, I think it's the blue Jays. Yeah. The Blue Jays. I, I was going to pick the Yankees, but I just don't know. I think they have too many question marks. I think I have to go with the Blue Jays. I, I, I do. I didn't like them to win the division, like I said, but I think they are a team that's built to win away from home in the postseason. Um, like you said, they have a great rotation. They have a really versatile yeah. lineup. And unlike the Yankees, who can pretty much only hit in their home ballpark, I even though this lineup is all right-handed batters pretty much, I think they can hit outside their own ballpark. So I'm going to go Dodgers blue Jays and take the Dodgers to win. That's um, I mean, I think it's a safe pick, but I, I think it's a good pick. I think that with the Dodgers, they are trying to still prove that they can win an actual world series, not in a shortened season. I mean, if you're going to exclude the 2020 world series, which I don't think that you should, because it's still, it's still a world series. It's, yeah. it's still a piece of metal. Um, according to Rob Manfred, um, their last world series was in 1988. So I think that they're trying to prove right now that they have the ability to win a world series during a full season um, in front of a, a live audience. I, 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 I definitely think that 
the Dodgers have a good chance of winning the World Series. But then again, you know, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. You know, they're the team with the highest payroll. They're the team that, you know, looks the most stacked on paper. But again, we'll have to see, you know, again, like with a lot of the teams last year, like, you know, the Braves were not really expected to do much. And they traded, you know, for all these guys during the the deadline and they got into the World Series and won it. I mean, you know, again, like the Rays, like, you know, who would think that the Rays are like, you know, constantly going to be competitive, but they just are because that's the way that they're built. Yeah. Um, so I just hope that the, uh, yeah, hopefully the, there's a good World Series this year. I mean, because yes. like the past couple of World Series, it's been kind of like meh, meh. I mean, the, the last one that I was really excited about was probably the 2019 one, like the Nationals versus the Astros. Yeah, that was like, that was. That was a really fun World Series. Yeah, because it was again, and this is what happened with the Braves last year. Another team that wasn't supposed to be there versus like the powerhouse at the time, the Cheaters, and everyone was rooting for the Nationals. So. It was, yeah, it was just a wonderful moment. I mean, yeah. like that. Well, that that came out before the the Astros cheating was like exposed. I feel like yeah. people knew about it. At yeah, the time. people knew. They didn't know the extent yeah. and everything they were doing, but it was pretty well known that they were cheating by that point right. like the buzzer stuff hadn't come out and some of the other stuff but people had a feeling but yeah, yeah that's our 2022 mlb preview zach thank you so much for joining us loved thank having you, you on, on the show. uh super fun we're gonna do this again uh at a check-in point of the season get some award predictions see how our predictions did it's the hardest thing predicting before a season. So who knows? Maybe it'll all fall apart or maybe we'll be right and get to brag about it. But uh, thanks again for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Eric.